Hello, Hawkeyes. Welcome back to the UI Sports Salescast, presented by the University of Iowa Sport and Recreation Management Program. My name is Charlie Taylor, and I'm your host as we talk ticket sales and revenue generation with sports industry executives from around the country. The UI Sports Salescast gives our students timely conversations covering multiple topics in revenue generation to help them prepare for their sports careers. Today, the Salescast is going to dive into the technology side of the ticket sales industry by talking with Aaron Paris, Executive Vice President of Partner Success at FIVO. FIVO is the social checkout revolutionizing the ticket sales industry. In the past, especially in selling groups, the group leader was required to do a bulk of the work to schedule the group, collect all the money, purchase the tickets, get the tickets in advance, and handle any changes after the purchase. Also, the property, team, or organization didn't collect any information from the individuals in the group. They only had the data from the group leader. Fivo has changed all of this. Not only does the platform make the group sales process seamless, but it also incorporates proprietary sharing tools directly into the checkout on any retail website. So anyone who buys a ticket through Fivo can recruit friends or family to join them, and in doing so, it unlocks rewards for the entire group, not just for themselves. Check this out. Since launching in 2016, FIVO has become the dominant force in live events, helping more than 750 brands in sports, music, and entertainment sell more than 15 million tickets to 4 million customers. Aaron Paris has been with FIVO for four and a half years, driving revenue, managing hundreds of FIVO's partners. Previous to FIVO, Aaron was responsible for revenue generation at stops with the University of Arkansas, SMU, Marquette, Kansas, and Arizona State. I'm really excited to talk with Aaron today to learn more about FIVO and tap into his experience, giving our students a look at how technology has become an integral part of the ticket sales process. We'll also dive into how technology sales in sports differs from traditional ticket sales. So with that, I want to welcome in Aaron and ask, how are things going today? Doing great, Charlie. It's a beautiful Friday morning. Uh, so I'm really excited to be on here with you guys and uh, look forward to kind of talking through industry stuff. Great. Well, let's jump in. But talk a little bit more about FIVO and explaining your own words, the company and its impact it's had on our industry. It's interesting because I get that question, I think a lot from people just in everyday life, like what is FIVO and kind of what does it do? And so you can word that differently across the board, but really at its core, what FIVO does and our goal is really to make it easy, fast, more flexible for our partners. You mentioned about 750 or so of those across North America, but in reality, it, it's that extension to their consumers. The ticketing industry as a whole, as, like anybody else, is trying to stay with technological trends. And our goal is really to be on kind of the bleeding edges of those changes. So with the advent of Amazon around roughly the turn of the century, so 20, 25 years ago, before probably a lot of your students were either alive or, or certainly remember. They changed online shopping, period. They changed shopping, period. E-commerce was launched into a whole new era. And now anywhere you shop, it is very similar to that. Your targets, your best buys, your, your Home Depots, whatever online. And so what we've tried to do is really not copy that, but essentially innovate and iterate in the same way. We look to bring things like Apple and Google Pay, the social sharing, which you mentioned, the two-click checkout purchase flow. That's not something that's traditionally been a part of ticketing. And, and thankfully, we've been able to really build a business around that. And, and some other things we'll probably get into. But end of the day, we make it really easy for your fan to consume your product, whether that's tickets or otherwise. But most of the time, we're talking to you. 
the one thing I remember when FIBA was starting and go a little off script here, Aaron, but you really made the online ticket buying process an experience. Was that really a focus and how has that evolved today? It's interesting. Our CRO was the head of group sales with the Yankees prior to coming on board, Josh Rose. And he came out of the group sales world and he realized that like many others, group sales is difficult. You mentioned it earlier. We sold 300 tickets, but it's a terrible experience on the back end for that consumer to have to share all those. And, and that's not any primary ticketer's fault. It's just difficult to, to push tickets or print them and hand them out. And so we started out, hey, how do we solve that? How do we make it easy? You know, create a link, you can share, et cetera. But I think because of the way it was built and, it, and kudos to the crew on our side who built it, we made it in a way that looks and feels more like the e-commerce that you see every day. And so that flexibility, you mentioned it, we don't like to say process, but it's, it's essentially a quick checkout flow where we can live on your brand. It can make it feel like Iowa, for instance, one of our great partners or others. And we make it really, really quick, easy and interactive. It looks fun. There's video content if you want there to be. There's images that reflect your group or your company or your offer, whatever that is. And that's historically not been the case. And it's something that I think has really driven us forward. And then quite frankly, our partners, we're going to probably get into it at some point, but we had not thought, let's sell sweets this way. Yankees were the first team to come to us and say, hey, we want to sell sweets. We're like, okay, well, historically the mindset was, and mine as well, maybe yours, people aren't going to spend more than $1,000 online or $2,000 online. They want to talk to you. What we're finding is that's really not necessarily the case. Not that there's not a concierge and a follow-up that's extremely important to establish that relationship, but we're selling millions and millions of dollars of suites with probably a hundred plus partners now. And some of the biggest brands in the world, Yankees, tons of NFL teams, we could list them off. But what's interesting is when I sell that, or I talk to people about that, it's like, well, look at the richest man in the world. What does he do? Sells $80,000 cars online. 80% of Tesla's, 90% of Tesla's are not sold in a showroom. This is the same mindset. It's just as, as trends change across society, we have to continue to adapt to that. And we were maybe a little behind the curve there. And now I think we're probably ahead of it with some of the offerings that we're, that we're. Great insight, Aaron. You work with a lot of ticket sales individuals, whether it be the managers, the VPs, all the way down to learning what the, the frontline ticket sellers in our industry are working through because you're trying to merge the traditional way to sell tickets with technology. Give us some of the biggest challenges that you're seeing that faces our ticket sellers today. And how is FIVO really integrating in to help solve or provide a solution to some of those challenges? I think the biggest challenge since our days, uh, sales reps to starting out and other things like that. My, my first days were hammer the phones as hard as you can, work really, really, really hard. And hopefully you kind of learn how to sell them along the way and, and make it work. I, I would argue the biggest challenge facing ticket sellers today is that people don't necessarily want to answer the phone. If you think about it, when's the last time you answered the phone when you didn't know the number? It's probably been five or six years for me. And I don't think I'm that far out of the book. So I'm definitely not advocating for not making calls. That's a huge integral part of learning how to sell. And you absolutely have to, should continue to do that. Call your clients, call your prospects, call all these things. But what we're doing is saying that's a harder audience to reach. And so your follow-ups, your communications also need to be actionable. That's where FIBO comes in. If we, if we can kind of help push sort of that easy checkout flow and one that, again, looks like what they're doing every day with an Amazon or somebody else, we're not asking them to create an account. We're not asking them to log in. 
it's quick, bang, go. We have teams putting their putting those in their signatures, say, hey, looking to buy tickets. So oftentimes your sales process is I call Charlie, he doesn't answer, I leave a voicemail, and then my follow-up is probably an email. Well, make it actionable. Make that email bang. Okay, hey, if you're looking to purchase tickets, click here. You can still get commission credit. You can still reflect on that in the way that we report it. But meeting people where they are, I think, is super, super important. I'll use myself one more time as an example. I travel a ton. We go, we've got partners all over North America. And I've stayed in Marriott 44 nights this year. And I have yet to speak to a Marriott employee on the phone, period. Shout out Bonvoy, incredible app. Swipe your finger, done. I, I can purchase a, a hotel room in about 10 seconds. And I'm 40 years old. The people younger than me really don't want to talk to you. So that will continue and continue and continue to iterate that way. I don't want to, to oversell it though. I think sales by phone is so, so important because it's a way you learn how to sell, right? You learn how to sell yourself. We talked about this a little bit before we started, but that's how I would say the biggest challenge, nobody wants to answer the phone anymore. Nobody wants to talk yeah. to you. And even if they do know it's you, they're like, ah, I'll call them back or they'll call you on a Saturday when you're not there. So be actionable in the way you communicate with people always. It's an interesting dynamic that we work in today because you're the first guests we've had on the sales cast talking about the non-traditional, but yeah. just as you just touched on the idea of pick up the phone, call a hundred people, get the sale when nobody wants to answer the phone kind of blends into my next question for you. Cause as we were talking before we, we hit record sales is sales is sales. Yeah. And we've had this evolution. Give us an idea how you sell, how your teams sell at FIVO. And you kind of touched on a little bit, so I'm not asking to repeat, but what are those differences in the processes of selling tickets? I think you're, you're like, you're pre-COVID, it was happening. COVID certainly accelerated that. I mean, I'll use my mom as an example. She's 69 years old. She's buying groceries on her phone now because she learned how to do it. And so that has certainly changed, especially for the older demographic where they felt like they had to do those things. And now they've adapted to said tools. And societally, not necessarily ticket sales specifically, but. I think it's a great question. Look, the way that we position FIVO, we're not really trying to be a brand that the consumer knows. We've got all these partners, but the way I sell FIVO to a partner, and I guess it's kind of a two-fold question. Right. Uh, in my eyes, the, the role of FIVO from my side, like <clears throat> help sell the platinum platform to our partners. And I don't mean really attracting new, that's not necessarily my job to try to get new partners. Like you said, we've got 750 in North America. That's about 85 to 90% of the market. There's some out there we definitely want to get with. Shout out, I won't name teams, but there's some that we would still like to continue to, to work with, of course. But for me, it's less about the new business pitch and more about helping our stakeholders who are at said universities, pro teams, live event venues. We work with anybody, Austin City Limits, Bonnaroo, to Iowa, to the Yankees, to the Dodgers, to whoever. Those are all very different, but in a lot of ways the same. Our goal when I come in is say, help me understand your core audience and help me understand the audience that you're trying to get to, because those might be two completely separate things. And then we try to help you drive around. At the end of the day, there's, there's sort of two ways you have offers or campaigns that are killing it. How can we help pour gasoline on the fire or ones that maybe aren't performing as well as you would hope you had a goal for this and whether it was for FIBA or not. And we try to help you with that, but it's not just driving revenue. Every question, every partner I've ever talked to, I think. We ask the question, right, what's your goal? And it's always more money, more butts and seats. But in reality, it's the pyramid of that. 
And those aren't always the exact same thing. So we help you correlate those from a pricing perspective, from advertising, from marketing, and those things, and then how technology can do that. And then the second part of that, I guess how I would say from us, how we sell is we got to ensure that our product continues to iterate and update. We've got this kind of behemoth of a product. Now we're actually rolling out a brand new platform as we speak here in the next two months, which I probably shouldn't speak too much on, but like it's live and rolling with certain teams already. And it is incredibly forward, which, which we're really excited about. But if we don't continue to stay ahead in the sales industry and become obsolete extremely quickly, including a company with as many partners as we have, if we don't continue to be that forefront, bleeding edge, cutting edge, whatever you want to call it, we will fail. So I got to sell that to our partners. Hey, look, we're investing time, dollars, capital into our product for you. So not only are we a good solution today, we're going to be the best solution tomorrow, a year from now, a month from now, whatever that is. You bring up the fact of how much you've penetrated the market, 750 or so brands. And what that tells me in, in our role of preparing the next generation of ticket sellers, they've got to know. It's one of the reasons I want to talk to you and expose our, our sales hawks to FIVO and the technology side. They've got to know when they walk out of the University of Iowa, at least be introduced to this technology, be introduced to how this works. So Aaron, if you could, what are some sales techniques that work well with FIVO and where does FIVO fit in the sales funnel? I think that's a great question. It varies a little bit. And I like to talk about the partnership differences because I think as a student in sports management, I went to Kansas, but similar program, Ross Chalk on that one. But I always thought this is what it is. What's interesting about sports or tech or kind of the merging of those things, we've got partnerships with casinos in Las Vegas. We've got partnerships with teams you've never heard of. We got partnerships with the, with the teams that are the biggest in the world. There's a lot of synergies there, but it allows you, I think when we're speaking to the student, remember you don't have to work for the Yankees to start your career. You don't. Now it's a great spot to be if you can afford to live in New York, don't get me wrong, but like there's a lot of different ways. And so look, look at it as a whole, but to really answer your question, again, we started as a group sales platform. That's really where we began, but basically our partners have kind of taken the bull by the horns and led us forward. Not that we're not doing traditional groups. This is pure guess, so don't quote me on this, but Probably 40% of our sales are traditional groups today, but our partners have taken it and, and moved it forward. So we have things that we kind of call like modules, various types of sales that we pitch, but basically things like theme nights, premium sales, suites, club areas, traditional groups, mass marketing, ancillary auxiliary events. And in the college world, that's donor luncheons. It's all these different things. If you're looking to collect dollars or, or data or both, we really have the best tool for it. And so when you look at it as someone who comes into the industry with the folks that we're talking to today, make sure that you're not just saying, I am X, I, I am a season ticket seller. That's great. And unless you're really, really, really good at just selling season tickets, you're not gonna really love your, your job forever. Or I am a development officer. Development officers sell tickets. Ticket sellers sell donations all day long. And if you don't, I would argue you're failing massively. And then with respect to like where we come to the funnel, again, there's a lot of titles out there now that it's like fan experience. And people think, I thought this, the fan experience on the whole, if, if you were to pull your audience or, or really anybody, they think, okay, that's, that's the videos that we show in the stadium. That's the promotions on the field or the court, whatever. Totally true. 
But really where the fan experience starts is when I Google Iowa football tickets or whoever it is. You can't control results on the field. You can't control how the quarterback plays. You can't control the bathroom line. You can't control X, Y, or Z. But what you can control in, in a sales role is how your fan interacts with in, in a consuming way. So having our drawer slide out on your brand, like no redirect. That's a huge deal when we're talking about converting. Every time you have someone click, you lose people. That's common sense. Every I was on Instagram the other night. I'll use myself as an example. And again, I'm older than your audience. I was like, oh, I really want to buy this. I clicked and said, oh, you got to log in or create an account. I can't remember what. I think I had to create an account. I was like, yeah, I don't want it that bad. Like, so that login account creation, it's changed the world. With, with Am And Amazon did it. That check out as a guest, swipe your finger, Apple Pay, Google Pay, whatever it is. We're not asking you to create an account or log in, but what we are doing is actually creating that for you with a direct API to your ticketing system, whether that's Paculon with you guys, with the college world, most for the most part, Ticketmaster, Access, Tickets.com. We're kind of partnered with, with those and we help there. So very exciting stuff. And I know a lot of probably jumbled words there for, for some of the guys, oh. what the hell is he talking about? But basically that's where we're at. I think it's important that our students are exposed to this side because it is so integral to the success of your company and everybody there. I, I don't know how you walk into a sales office anymore without having these tools at your fingertips because the business intelligence part of the transformation that's happened in the college athletic space and call it the last five to 10 years is just now catching up with where our friends in the professional world, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball have been for a little while, and right. they're always steps above us. And that's not necessarily bad, but I think college athletics now is seeing the results and the fruits of that labor more because you have more understanding of your fans because every fan's become even more nuanced to their behaviors in attending sporting events. And yes, COVID in the shutdown and then the start back up of, of live events has really expediated that transition. I mean, we were trying to do the digital tickets for a long time and it was a large hill to go over generally in college athletics until all of a sudden you weren't allowed to touch something that somebody else had touched in yeah. because of, because of the pandemic and all of a sudden in what a year, I don't know the exact numbers, but we went from, Everybody has paper and digital tickets are, ooh, that's going to be a rough transition to almost overnight, no more paper. So I think that the advent of FIVO, bringing it on, helping the acceleration, it's been a large positive as we've all kind of had to as administrators or as, as, as managers of the revenue needed to become even more business intelligent to who and what our fans are. So with that, I want to jump ahead. I'm being very cognizant of Aaron's time today. And I want to turn to kind of the last chapter of the sales cast. And that's giving you the platform, Aaron, to pass on advice to, to our students. We're filming this at the end of the spring semester. We've got a ton of ticket sales students in our program, and they're constantly looking, they are getting ready to take that first big step into the sales industry. So if you can, I'm going to kind of loop our, our final questions together here for you, Aaron, but sure. what advice do you have to those starting out in ticket sales? How can people help them succeed? It's kind of part A and then part B, when you're looking to hire folks, what are you looking for? I think the biggest thing I would say 
in our industry, regardless of your level, remember that everyone you interact with can be a valuable person in your career. I got a long story that I won't tell, but I've learned that very significantly. And basically I'll shorten it up. I interviewed for a position that I really wanted years ago, didn't get it, but followed up, made a good impression, made a connection with the person who did the hiring, applied for a different role, found out that that person had actually reached out to the hire because they were friends. I didn't know that at the time and said, Hey, this is your person. We wanted to hire him, but we had an internal candidate. And so I didn't know that, but I, I didn't get angry. I didn't get frustrated. I tried to ensure that professionalism. And so I think that that's a higher level piece to that. If you bust your ass, you're, you're going to do pretty well. I came out of KU. It's a pretty good sports manager program. I applied to, I remember this to the day I applied for 43 jobs, all in sports. I got two interviews total and I thought I had decent grades. I had an okay resume. Well, I thought it probably was crap, but I thought it was pretty good at the time. But thankfully one of them really propelled me into the career I love. And, and quite frankly, I hadn't done ticketing, but once you get the job, you got to bust your ass. That initial part, like I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I was going to be there first. I was going to check with MLI boss. I've been create a relationship with people in my department and ticket sales and ticket ops and marketing and compliant, whatever. To, to be that kind of person that they can go to. And so it's working really, really hard. It's creating interpersonal relationships in the industry. We're friends today because conversations we had. And, and I think that's really, really important. If you don't do that, probably in any industry, I don't know, but sports specifically is so competitive and so intertwined. Quite frankly, before hiring, right, that FIBO, we're lucky enough that we have a lot of very, very impressive resumes. And I don't mean that to, hey, look at us, but it's just true. It's, it's a company that a lot of people want to work for. So differentiating those can be really, really hard. It, it really comes down to all, I might have 50 resumes that look the same or 10 that look the same or whatever, and, and we'll, we'll drill it down. But it's not always just the person you put as a reference. That's great. I'm sure you have three. If you don't have three people who can tell me how great you are, then you, you're not doing a very good job. But I'm probably going to know somebody that you didn't put on your reference list that knows you. So how is that person going to speak to you? How are they going to reflect upon you? Make sure everybody has good things to say. And look, you don't have to be perfect. There's going to be times where you don't jive with someone. That's okay. But being sure that you're respectful always and that you're treating people the way. I feel like I've, I've been so lucky to be blessed that people have helped me get to where I have. And the last thing is just be persistent. If you, if you see this and you want to reach out to me, Charlie, feel free to share my info. Like you want to learn more about FIVO? Awesome. You got a job that you're interested in at one of our partners. Great. Let, let's talk about it. Like in, in, if I don't speak, if I don't reflect the words that I just told you, then that's bad on me. But I think in the general, our industry is full of really good people. Make sure you tap into that. Fantastic answer. And, and I appreciate the insight and want to say thanks. I mean, we've had a great relationship over the years and continue that relationship now as things continually change. The one thing that the only one thing that's constant in our industry is change. And FIVO has definitely been an outlier in that and leading that change. And it's all of our students and a person like Aaron helping to lead that change and manage the partners. Again, go back to what we talked about earlier, 750 brands, 15 million tickets sold. It's impressive. So when we talk about change, we talk about evolution a lot. FIVO is one of those companies that helps to lead that. So I, I encourage all of our students to watch what they do and connect with Aaron across the board. And Aaron, thanks. Thanks for the friendship. Thanks for your time today. I greatly appreciate it. Look forward to doing it again. Any one last word for our students before we, we sign off the sales cast today? 
I think final word is trust your gut. If, if you love sports, don't let it beat you down. It's your job sometimes and it can be grinding, but it's the best job in the world, in my opinion. And so make sure if you love it, figure out what you, I guess the other word would be, you may think you're a salesperson and hey, I get into it and I actually like marketing or I like ticket ops or I like that. That's okay. But sales is a great way to learn because you're going to interact with four or five different areas in, in a college world or in the pro side, same thing. So be persistent, follow what you really love, follow what you're good at and try to learn what you're not, figure out ways to get better at that. We will end on that fantastic advice and say, if you're a UI sport and rec management student, let us know who you'd like to hear from or topics you'd like us to cover for future sales tests and we'll continue to work to get them on. You'll be able to follow the sales cast on the official UI Sport Rec Management YouTube page and follow both Aaron and myself on LinkedIn. With that, I want to say thanks for watching. We look forward to bringing you our next guest in the UI Sports Sales Cast. We'll see you then. And as always, go Hawks.